0: Anxiety? Talk about it with me. Strange dreams, same page, safe place. Therapy is great, and this ain't the same, but
1: we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses.
2: Hey, 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 sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm your host, Katie Dahl, and I am just so happy to welcome you to my cozy little corner of the internet. And if you're new here, again, welcome. Uh, Don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are coming from. And if you are a returning loyal listener, then thank you. And don't forget to leave a little review. So how are we doing? Well, for me, I am back on my weekly schedule releasing episodes every week for you all, which is... Difficult, but honestly very rewarding. I love having that routine and I love putting these things out every single week. It gives me a sense of purpose, honestly. And lately, I've been thinking a lot about resilience. So the Google definition of resilience is the ability to recover quickly from difficulties toughness the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape elasticity so sure life might be really rough for you right now i know a lot of us have been through hell and back over the last year or so but if we look at this definition right and what i believe to be true is that the struggle does not define you. The way that you bounce back into the quote unquote shape of who you truly are down at the core level, that is what defines you. Because these experiences, for better or for worse, they are going to shape us. They have to. So we've got to keep learning, evolving, growing. Otherwise, what's the point of existing? So, yes, you might be habituated to being a hermit at home at this point, but I want you to try to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. So, try saying yes to the next invitation you receive. Say hello to that neighbor next time you pass them in the street. It's okay to be friendly again. It's okay to try new things or maybe reinvent yourself. I know the the job market is exploding now that people are going back to the office and maybe this is that time to make that pivot you've always been thinking about. I don't know, I don't know what that is for you, but I do know that right now is a great time for big, radical, bold moves and I'm rooting for you. Before we go any further, just a quick disclaimer, Uh, this is not meant to be medical advice or therapy. I am not a doctor. (laughs) I know, shocking. I'm sure you could have figured that out by now. Uh, This is purely meant to make you feel less alone, give you some laughs because, you know, I've been there with depression and anxiety and all the other things that can go on in our brains. And I know how it is. And I just created this podcast so that there would be something that makes us feel not only like we're not alone but also we can find a way to laugh about it because when you can laugh about your problems guess what they no longer have power over you after today's episode please be sure to check out the description to follow me or the guest and you can go to cryingbehindpod.com to find the full episode guide so today's guest is Celeste Pekosch. Her story is super inspiring. She worked her way up through the comedy scene in Chicago and LA and is now a series regular on Work in Progress on Showtime. Season two is coming out on August 22nd, and this is a great show if you care about LGBT issues, friendships, relationships, or uh, what I like to call a chosen family. Also, it's a very dark comedy, and they have refreshingly honest conversations about depression, suicide, sexuality, a lot of different things. So definitely a little trigger warning in this episode about suicide, grief, and depression, but we get into so many interesting and inspiring things. Uh, In addition to comedy and acting, Celeste is also a painter. She does pet portraits. So we get into what led her to do that and how that is another avenue of expression for her art, Uh, ways that we can process grief, as well as having friends and people who will keep you in line and grounded as you climb that ladder of success. And just tons of really great wisdom from Celeste about why you should keep going which is why i brought up that resilience thing because i think that celeste is a great example of someone who just stuck with it and now she's living the dream so without further ado please enjoy Thank you for being here, and I appreciate you. So you were saying, before we started recording, you just got back uh, about a month ago to L.A. from Chicago from filming uh, Work in Progress. How was that?
0: That was amazing, and it's such a beautiful, powerful show to be a part of. We shot for about three and a half months, and yeah, I just got back about a month ago, so feeling all settled and um, happy to be back in L.A., Uh, but, you know, it's, it's hard to say goodbye to, a dream job also in a city that, that I love Chicago. So, which, yeah. which is also a, a character in the show uh, as the background, but
2: yeah. It is, it is. I mean, cause you came up in the Chicago comedy scene. So it's really neat to see a show where uh, Abby, you know, she created the show and put in so many people that are from that yeah. world.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really special, unique show. And, you know, Abby and I have known each other for about 25 years. Uh, met her um, even before I started to improvise. But, um, but also Tim Mason, who directed the first eight episodes and is a co-creator of season one. He, um, I met him in one of my first improv classes in mm-hmm. Chicago 20-something years ago. So it's a really cool, collaborative, um, funny, 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 heartbreaking show.
2: Yeah. 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 Funny and heartbreaking. That's like, yeah, that, that, that that's why, cause I was watching it and I was like, wow, this is one of the few shows I've watched recently. That is a comedy that I actually found myself laughing out loud and not just on the inside. Well, I'm so glad. Yeah. You know, really appreciate it, it touches a
0: lot of people no matter where you are in the world and who you are in the world. I think it's a very relatable show. Um, you know, it's it's really just kind of focuses around a gal and and her her specific journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and and composed of family and friends and life and love and um, you know, uh, whatever whatever the world unveils to us as we go through it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I want to touch more on it later, but I I feel like I skipped over this part. I want to ask more about you specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you've stepped into my virtual unlicensed therapy office, um, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Mental health check in. How how are you feeling today?
0: I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I mean, you know, minus the bloody Mary with a beer chaser yesterday for the Fourth um, of July weekend. I uh, I feel really good. Um, actually, started running. Um, and so that that's really helped. I haven't gone yet today, but um. But yeah, today's good. I mean, shoot, I already took out garbage. You know, I, I feel productive. So I, f- I, feel, I feel good. I yeah. feel clear today.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, we're recording on a Monday. We're starting fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just took a shower right before this. Actually washed my hair. That's a big event. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I did, and uh, but I did not dry my hair. Me so either. I- this, this, you know what, this is a wet hair podcast today. <laughs> this is Every day should be a wet hair podcast day. Yeah, 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 But that's good. I mean, so it was just July 4th weekend uh, and you're, you're waking up feeling fresh. What, Are are you more of a homebody? Do you like to go out? Or how are you feeling now that things are reopening? Well, I'll tell you this. Before pandemic,
0: um, I was doing shows probably three to four times a week. I was teaching maybe three or four classes. Um, I was, yeah, I was out and about consistently. Mm -hmm. Pandemic hit, and then I found a new love for vacuuming. I (laughs) found a new love for cooking. Um, I have become a homebody Uh and you know it's funny when when things started opening back up like people would be like let's grab dinner whatever and i i kind of like of course i want to they're they're my best friends and closest friends but it it mentally i had to like prepare myself like okay i'm gonna have to you know (laughs) get dressed (laughs) find something other than my t-shirt that i've been wearing for a year and a half and um make myself look somewhat presentable i suppose But, um, but certainly so, so, and, and every time I've gone out, which has only been a handful of times since the world's opened up, Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm glad that I have every time, you know,
2: of course. Yeah. Um,
0: Because, because it does, it does feel good to be around other people. And, Mm -hmm. and after a year and a half, I mean, I live with a couple dogs and they're my, they're my pack, but, um, but it's nice to, to see faces again. So
2: it's, it's been good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You have the very, the cutest puppies. I think that's actually how we met was that I, you were doing um, pet portraits. Yes. You're, you're, you're a really good painter. Thank you. Uh, And I had, this is actually a really sweet story. A neighbor of mine, well, starts off sad, but ends well. (laughs) A neighbor of mine in the apartment building I used to live in, his, um, his dog uh, got attacked and, and died. It was very tragic. And I remember I was looking for someone I had this idea of like getting a portrait painted of his dog just as a nice memory. And some woman in comedy connected us. I don't remember who, but I, it was a, it was a great time. Cause I was like, Oh, I came over. I, I showed you all the yeah. pictures and everything and you, you put it together and it was very sweet. Well, I really appreciate you trusting me with that. <laughs> it's very special and you
0: know, it's funny and we'll probably get into this, but it seems like kind of a, a nice little segue. Yeah. I lost my um my shepherd mix of 15 years Vivian, um, like three years ago. And um, I was in such a a mourning period, grieving. And I was laying in bed and um, just was sad Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: scrolling on Facebook as we do. um, And somebody posted something of Bob Ross like painting. I'm like, that is so meditative. I can do that. I can paint a tree. So I ordered like a beginner set of oil sets. Uh, paints and all that good stuff, and for the life of me, I could not paint a tree. I could not paint <laughs> sunset, but I could paint Vivian because oh. I just knew that dog, um, every inch of her. And so I, I started to paint her. After that, I started to paint my other dogs, my family's dogs, and then you know, and since
2: then, I've probably painted about two hundred pet portraits. Wow, I didn't realize it was that many. That's a lot. Yeah, it's it's
0: truly it, it, it has, that was one thing that got me out of that, that funk. Um, and it was, uh, incredibly therapeutic and mm-hmm. still is. I mean, I love it. I have a, a few to paint this week, but yeah.
2: I love that you were inspired by Bob Ross. I, whenever yeah. I'm stressed out, I put the Bob Ross channel on TV cause I find it to be so soothing.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, completely. Like it's so relaxing and um, he's funny. Like, he'd be like, Yeah, a tree needs a little friend, and then a boof, like, another tree. And I'm like, He's a madman. He's a gene. He was a genius.
2: He and was. I cannot
0: do what he does. But but I, he makes I, it
2: look so easy. He's just like, Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. And he does like 10 brush strokes, and he's like, There's a tree. Yep. Like, how did you do that so fast? And how are you acting like this is going to be like, because he he talks in that instructional tone as if I'm following right. along at home and <laughs> painting, which. I don't has anyone ever really done that I feel like you just watch right yeah
0: I mean (laughs) you just watch he's 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 a beautiful man to watch (laughs) because he is he's just so kind in his paintings and he's fun I think he's funny he's a weird subtle
2: you know what what if we did a reboot and it was you (laughs) <laughs> i be down for that. I want to know what the hell I'm doing, but sure. I don't know. No, I just I could see it. I could see it now. I see you with the easel, painting your landscapes. Or oh, well, no, but you do dogs. So yeah, dogs, dogs. And cats, and babies. <laughs> and, and, oh, you, you do know.
0: babies. I have. Yeah, I've done. I've done some kids, and I've done. Um, you know, uh, uh, people will will commission me for a few different things. I've once done people transitioning into a dog. And transitioning into
2: cat, you know, kind, and I'm like,
0: sure. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a shot.
2: <laughs> That's wait, the person's like the owner's face and transitioning yeah. to the dog's yeah. face. Yes. Huh? It, I'll, I'll email you it. I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's, it turned out. I, I like it. I mean, no. it, yeah. Send me a picture of it because I usually, I make an episode guide uh every time on the website. And so I can include that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Show I mean, people
2: <laughs> like an example of what we're talking about because I'm thinking anamorph. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds yes. really interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty much
1: that's what and, it was.
2: And it seems like, I mean, probably in similar to my situation, I'm sure a lot of people come to you with um, like if they're grieving a pet or something, right? Yeah. Is that, that's like a popular yes. time to get the portrait done.
0: Yes. A lot of people will um do gifts for other people that have lost a pet um, and I will um, do that and and I like to I start with the eyes first because I like to connect with that pet mm-hmm. um, and and then you know uh, also you know I do pets that are alive and well as well uh, and so since I've been doing this for now about three years um, obviously with life comes death. And so a lot of these um, puppies or cats that I've painted, you know, they, they have uh, crossed that bridge Mm -hmm. and, um, and I just kind of, I have a connection with these paintings that I do. Um, They're very special to me. Each one, I take them, um, you know, I I try to put a lot of time and and love and care into it uh, just because I know what my animals mean to me. Um, So, Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's so cool. And you said, you start with the eyes. So I do. walk me through this process. Is is that, I mean, they always talk about the eyes being the windows to the soul, or that's where you can see the emotion. Is that why you start there? Yeah. I, it gives me something to connect to. And Mm -hmm. if I can get the eyes down pretty
0: easily, everything else kind of falls into place. Um, And so I, I put a lot of time actually into the eyes um oops sorry Ethel as as I just kick my dog under the table,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. we've we if you hear any little barks or little jingles, these are the pups. Yeah,
0: those will be my puppies. but
2: yeah, so i I like to do the
0: eyes because they're just uh really cool and very, very individualized and unique and it and it just gives them that special little little uh, spark,
2: yeah, yeah i'm a I'm a dog lover. I've always had dogs my whole life, and um. I feel like they're just so helpful uh, also for my anxiety. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, my dog, I feel like we take turns. I know she's supposed to be the emotional support animal, but I feel like half of the time I'm also emotionally supporting her. <laughs> but that also like it helps me take my mind off of my problems. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like,
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, ha- I got bibs when she was four months old. And so she was with me through my late 20s, all of my 30s, um, early 40s. Mm-hmm. And um, when she passed, my anxiety came back like that. Like I, I haven't had anxiety attacks or anything. I mean, in, in my 20s, I, I di- <clears throat> did. Um, and then they kind of like you know, I, I got into some healthier habits, like sort of exercise, whatever. And, and yeah. the dog, but then when I lost Vivs, I'm like, Oh my God. Um, just that anxiety came pouring back. And I don't know if it was a mixture of like grieving and, you know, new, new lifestyle without her. Cause she was my, she was next to me every step of the way. And, um, but but luckily you know and and, and uh, I got Mertz Mertzy squirts um, after that and uh, uh, about a month later I got another dog because my other dog was didn't know life without Vivs. and and that that helped that helped a lot mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it was weird on on how we don't know how e- literally emotionally supportive these these animals are
2: yeah well that because like you said after um, Viv after Viv yeah. passed that was. Just like uh, uh, almost like a f- switch had been flipped.
0: Yeah, yeah, a new life. Like it's like you know, you need you, opening the door is going to feel different. Um, you know, cooking is going to feel different. <laughs> Anything, going to the bathroom is going to feel different. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, there are our, our, our baby dogs, and they're they're with us literally every step of the way. So yeah. it was definitely a, a new day after I lost my
2: bug. Mm. So, yeah. But it, I mean, what a cool legacy that yeah. she got. I mean, it weirdly got you into this whole other um, path. Yeah, she, you know, to paint. And, and my
0: painting um, is called uh, uh, Vivian in the Forest.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so um, obviously inspired by Vivian. And so she definitely, she still gives me gifts, um, even even beyond her her sweet life.
2: Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. What when Vivian was still around? What was like your favorite thing to do with her? Um, drive. Like
0: she and I, we we went across country eighteen times. Um, oh. She was the best uh, little companion on all of those road trips, um, dog parks, you know, uh, everything. But but also just like she she was such a big dog, um, but she was like. She she would cuddle. She was just the sweetest, sweetest dog ever. She was cool, smart, funny,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. So yeah, hated <laughs> Ethel at first. Hated my my little dog um, who came into our life when she was nine. And we lived in a, this back house. And so I had to, there's a gate that you go out to get the mail. And so um, this little puppy w- came in and obviously I ended up adopting Ethel. But Vivian did not like her, and so Viv's was so smart. She knew how to open up that gate with her nose, so she did it three. And then Ethel like escapes, and the third time I'm like Vivian, and she's like, "What? What? I, it was her. I didn't do. She's fine. <laughs> I like her. I didn't. That wasn't me. I, yeah. I and so we had to get a new lock.
2: Wow. yeah That's she a smart, smart dog. Here she was. She's cool. You're from chicago originally
0: from iowa oh you're from and iowa then, okay. um after school a couple of years after school i moved to chicago and lived there for 10
2: years okay so that's why i thought you were from there. that makes sense you said that you've you've dealt with panic attacks in the back past mm-hmm. so have i so welcome to the club that yes. no, no one wants to be a part of
0: <laughs> no my god they're oh. awful
2: i was when i had my first one i
0: i think it was probably like 27 or 28 I i can't quite remember i was trying to think about this the other day and I thought I was having a heart attack. And it was like early in the morning, like three. And I called 911 because I literally thought I was having a heart attack. It's very common. And, yeah. And they're like, um, Do you do cocaine? I'm like, No, no, I've <laughs> never done it. <laughs> and um, they're like, Well, just it takes some Advil. I'm like, For a heart attack? And they're like, You're not having a heart attack. You're having a panic attack. I'm like, Okay. And, and you know, I thought in my, experience once that panic attack happened and I haven't had many panic attacks since, uh-huh. but, um, but it opened up this portal to anxiety attacks, Yep. which to me, I would much rather a panic attack than an anxiety attack. Cause the anxiety to me is like a mental, like thoughts going a million times a mile and blah, blah, blah. So I did go to a, a therapist um, and she gave me a prescription I don't know what it was. I forget, but I, I didn't really want to take anything only because I wasn't educated on it enough. Mm -hmm. So I I researched anxiety attacks. What were they? What causes them? What can relieve them like naturally? And it was exercise. And so I started running. I was in actually really good shape back in the day of getting that all back, but it relieved it. And I was able to now at least know what it was, if it, if they came on and so I wasn't as afraid of them. I, instead of allowing it to control me, I, I was able to control
2: it. Yes. Yeah. You know, I it, also wanted to point out, like yeah. you said, that was so brilliant, which is that once you knew what it was and you yeah. like, then you knew how to deal with it. Cause I think the not knowing, the not knowing is, is the scariest, scariest. Oh, <laughs> Jinx.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah and and I I did like I researched it and I'm like yep okay yep 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 like everything was like a, a check mark I'm like okay that 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 mm-hmm, thank yeah. God I'm not alone type of thing like you know because it, it was it was not it was I, I hated it I, it I hated it it scared me because there was that time where I did feel anxiety had control over me and yes. it was uncontrollable until I digged in and did the work um and it wasn't until then you know vivian died and then um sadly uh my brother died a year later oh, and I'm so sorry to hear that um yeah thank you i miss him every day every day so it was a tough um couple of years you know and this is recent this is in the last last two years um and i went to a doctor again and because my anxiety was coming back <clears throat> and at this time i felt in my life I couldn't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And so um, s- sweet old doctor um, was wonderful and, and just kind of listened to me. And he threw me on some Lexapro, which I still take now. And uh, and that seemed to have really helped. Oh, good. And now my life is completely different, obviously, than it was two years ago.
2: Yeah, you started doing the show, which I mean, yeah. that's probably a big change. She'd I transition. mean, you've been, but you've been performing forever. Yeah. Doing, uh, improv. Mm-hmm. Improv sketch. I worked yeah. for Second City for a long
0: time. Um, but teach, you know, um, and yeah, it was it was my my daily thing. Like literally, I did something uh, per day with it. But um, but the the work in progress show happened, and and this happened very quickly, where I just flew down to Chicago to do at the time work in progress is just going to be a web series. And they mm-hmm. called me and they're like, hey, do you want to come down to do a bit part? And I'm like, yeah, hello, it's you, with you guys, sure, Abby and Tim. Mm-hmm. So I flew down, I was there literally less than 36 mm-hmm. hours, did a couple bits, and um, lo and behold, uh, when they were cutting it, it, it felt more like a pilot, so they ended up cutting it to a pilot, sent it to Sundance, was accepted, and Showtime was in the audience, and the rest is wow. history. And, yeah. So, so my life did, uh, cause this is my first, I mean, I've done TV and, and commercials and film, but this is my first series regular. Um, and so life for the better, it, it changed completely. I wish Jeff, I wish my brother was here too, to, because he was, he was so supportive and s- such a beautiful person um, that I would have loved for him to see this, but I feel him. I feel him every day. So I know he's, he's here.
2: That's what I was going to say. I mean, I think, it's corny but it's true like obviously you two were very close and it Mm -hmm. sounds like he was yeah he
0: was two years older than me okay and
2: he he was a big cheerleader for you yes I'm I'm sure he is he's going along for the ride yeah yeah for sure yeah so so he's yep he's here yeah no I'm getting all misty-eyed I don't know why I didn't didn't even know him I'm like he's here he's (laughs) proud of you Celeste I'm proud of you (laughs) Hey sunnies. So if you've been listening for a while, or honestly, even if this is your first time tuning in, I'm sure you can tell my main purpose here is to help you live a happier, healthier, more balanced life. You want to get in shape? Then you work out your body. You want to train your brain so that you can stop thinking those crazy making negative thoughts and feel better? Then you got to go take your brain to the gym through therapy online at BetterHelp. I'm so happy to share that BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast, and they are my favorite place to seek online counseling. It's not a crisis hotline. It's not just like some self-help mumbo-jumbo. It's real therapists that are offering real advice in real time. So if you go to betterhelp.com cryingbehindpod, you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod. Yeah, and tell me, so what I thought was really great about the show, which I'm sure you hear a lot, is just the representation and like the people you don't normally see on TV, the stories you really don't see on TV. Um, And a lot of mental health stuff is brought up like right away in the first episode we have got Abby, she's depressed, she's suicidal, she's with her therapist trying to figure it out, and then her, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, but not really, because it happens in like the first five minutes of the episode, Yeah, her therapist yeah. dies in like mid-session. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, it is what you're saying, that intersection of like heartbreaking, but funny, because literally I'm laughing at the fact yeah. that this therapist has died in the right. middle of the session. Like, it's so funny because you think about like, oh, am I putting my therapist to sleep? Maybe they fall asleep because they're bored. But this person (laughs) literally died in the middle of Abby explaining her problems. Yeah, it's funny. And I just, I I really love the show and I feel like everyone should check it out. One thing I couldn't quite get, I think I need to rewatch, is Mm -hmm. can you explain the almonds to me? Because the main character, Abby, is collecting these almonds and... I think that they represent like one day at a time. Is that correct? Uh,
0: So they represent a day of her life. So basically what happens is a woman at work um, played by the glorious Mary Soane, who plays a character named Susan, who is Abby's boss in the show. Um, Mm -hmm. Abby's um, trying to lose her, lose weight and she's struggling with, um, some weight loss and as, as uh, a lot of us do. Sure. And um, <clears throat> so Susan gives Abby a bag of almonds to help her lose weight. <laughs> Susan thinks she's doing something nice. Abby's like you asshole type of okay. thing and, and does not appreciate it. Um, so she goes home, Abby goes home and there's 180 almonds in this bag. So she lays them all out on our table and she's going to throw an almond away every day. And by the end of the 180 almonds, if there aren't, um, if her life doesn't turn around, she's going to kill herself.
2: Oh, wow. So See, it's very, I, I interpreted it reverse. I thought it was kind of like, she was counting them out. Like, oh, here's another day. I didn't kill myself like in a positive way, but you're saying it's actually a countdown. Yeah. yeah. She'll, she's, she'll toss okay. one away.
0: And if wow. by the end of it, uh, her life doesn't change for the better. She's done.
2: Well, that is a high stakes.
0: Yes, idea season two. So you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it seems like the characters that are surrounding Abby are giving her reasons to stick around. So yeah, and and there's one
0: really beautiful um thing in the trailer for season two, which is which dropped um um this past week. Uh, her her therapist in the trailer says, you know, it, it seems like um you know, life kept you alive because she also says um, life got in the way of me killing myself, you yes. know, and, and so, so it, that's exactly right. I mean, that's, you know, kind of where we're at uh, in season two, it's, you know, starts, starts a couple months after the breakup. Um, no spoilers if you haven't seen season one yet, but, no, it's fine. you know.
2: I mean, I get it. Well, also, oh, I I wrote this down. I thought you had the funniest line. You said your your therapist preferred death over listening to your problems.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's really funny. And um, tell me about Campbell. Is she similar to you in real life, or is this a total departure from who you are? No, there there's definitely
0: some similarities. Um, but but definitely. Campbell and Celeste are, are completely different people on on some levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Campbell and Abby have that kinship of ride or die. Yes. Um, nothing, nothing's gonna budge them. Nothing's gonna surprise or knock them off their their playing field with each other. They love each other deeply. Uh, they've known each other for you know 20 something years. They're best best friends um, through thick and thin uh which is evident in in season 1 um and uh you know Campbell is is more direct and and blunt i think than than i am in in real life like i i tend to to i, I hopefully you know and i think i said this in a different um podcast that i did hopefully we all have somebody like a Campbell um and, and Abby to Campbell in their life where if they're struggling with something they're they're going to be honest with them.
1: And hopefully
0: it, it will be received. And I know I have people like that in my life, my sister, my friends that will tell me the truth. They'll, they'll forego any type of like hurt feelings. If, if I have them, I'm too old to have any hurt feelings at this point in my life, but like, um, you know, and I'll really listen because I know that they're saying this with elements of love and genuine care for me. And I think that's what Campbell does for Abby, albeit Campbell has a very direct approach. I'm, I'm not. I'm not so blunt. I'm not so direct. I think in, in Celeste, I I tend to listen more and tend to communicate about the different paths and perhaps the outcomes of of um, you know whichever options are are out in front. But but definitely, if somebody's breaking like Abby was. Um, I hope that I would be like you have to tell them. I know it's going to suck, but you're going to have to tell them. You know that you saw this, th- this whatever this is that's eating you, literally destroying you internally. Um, you you have to fix this, and uh, you know, and and and
2: that's who Campbell is, really. Yes, she. You know? It sounds like she's she's the friend that you that we all need to have in our lives
0: yeah, I think so. I, I think Cam- Campbell is not going to mess around beat around the bush. she's gonna tell it like it is she she doesn't care um if they don't like what she's saying because um there's always reasons there's always value in why she's saying things and mostly it stems because she she sees somebody struggling and especially in episode five where um it was a big um, episode about Campbell and Abby's friendship at the very end
2: is that the um, one where y- your character gets sick?
0: Yes, where okay, Campbell's okay. in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. At the very end, you know, Abby breaks up. It, it's a um a back uh flashback. Uh, Abby is kind of spiraling because she's just out of a relationship and she's drinking and partying and and um you know, spiraling and and Campbell sees that. Everyone else is like, "Yay! Yay, you're here. Let's drink. Let's get more shots. Let's do this. You're single." Um, and Campbell is watching this, knowing that this is not a good thing. And Campbell will be there to, to
2: pick up the, the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a Campbell in your life? Do you have someone who calls you on your shit? I, I, oh, oh, oh yeah. Like in your real <laughs> life.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. Like I kind of wish that I had a Campbell in my life in like my twenties and early thirties, because that's when I really needed a Campbell. hmm um, now where i'm at is is i have grown i've matured um i've made my mistakes and have learned from them hopefully but yeah if, if if i'm if i'm debating things or if i'm like a atmosphere of like i don't know what to do i definitely will seek counsel from um like my sister or my mom or or for, uh, uh, you know i i'm so lucky that i have such a tight knit group of friends that I can be very open and honest with them and they'll tell me what they really think.
2: That's important. I think, especially for you, as you get more success in your career, you're being, sometimes people are surrounded by yes men or for lack of a better term, you know, and it's nice to just have people who keep you grounded and that don't just tell you what you want to hear.
0: Right. Right. And I, I really, 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 really appreciate that um, because I'm not, because I, I, I'm a very independent, very self-motivating person that I usually don't reach out for help. However, I will if I, if I'm in turmoil, I 100% will reach out for for um, you know assistance or help or a, a light type
1: mm-hmm. of
0: thing, um, which, which I'm very lucky that I have and I, I really, really do hope people have someone like that in their life. And, and it has, and also it has to be a balance. Like, like, I also think it's a two way street. Like I know that I'm there for them as well. And, and my sister, because I, I would never want to become the person who it's like, okay, so there's somebody I'm going to dump all my stuff on them. And then I'm going to go about and do, do my life, you know, after they, they heal or whatever, like that's, you know, it needs I, to I be a two
2: way street have, where
0: balanced. it has yeah. to be.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: The good times, the the bad times. It's a it's a marriage with, with your, <laughs> your fa- friends and family, right? Like
2: if, if you do it right, yeah, if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because I also think like uh, if if it's not going the right way and you have to have some sort of a friend breakup, a, a lot of times I find those to be more painful uh, and more difficult to get over than a romantic one because. With romantic relationships, it's always like, okay, well, there are a lot of different conditions that need to be met. (laughs) Right, right. And there's so many different things. And like, you're relying on this person for a lot of different stuff and you're planning your life with them, et cetera, et cetera, versus a friend. You just kind of assume you're like, well, we're friends. We're just always kind of kind of be there. You assume that person's not going anywhere. So when it doesn't work out, that's, that can be difficult that that is i
0: completely agree with you um luckily i i have not had many friend breakups but i but i you know remember of course in my earlier years um where it's like okay well this just isn't healthy for either of us mm-hmm. and you just kind of part ways and it's hurtful it's sad it's misunderstanding usually is kind of at the depth of the seams but not mm-hmm. only that like also I have um four brothers and a sister so i've a big um oh you have a big family big, yeah where do you fall
2: big. in the line
0: I'm right in the middle of course of course that's
2: why she wants all the attention <laughs> she's like excuse me hello yeah uh, <laughs> no, I'm always ignored um <laughs> and Donald would say the same about him but I'm
0: so close with them and it is family and and so once in a while if something does get a little ruffled or there's um, differences of opinion and things like that it does feel different than you know kind of a misunderstanding or miscommunication or, or whatever it might be a difference in, in like a friend or a romantic thing um, with a family it, it sticks with me. If I said something that might have upset a brother and it hurt him or something which honestly I can like think of like maybe one or two times that that happened but it's that thing where it's so in my life, it's so special and so important and significant in my life, my relationship with my family that Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't know what to do if I ended up screwing something up, you know, and I, I don't ever see that happening, but, um, but I do remember, I think once I got in a little turmoil, nothing big, but, but it was enough to be like, Oh, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know? Type of D. And, and that's all based in love. I mean, again, it goes back to the whole thing where it's like, this is this is true. This is like a real feeling, of friendship, um, relationship, siblingship, whatever it might be. Like this, when when you feel or questioning what you said or something like that, it's because
2: it's based in care, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, for the other person. I understand that. Before we go, there's a segment I like to do with all my guests called Hot Tips. Hot tips, hot tips, hot tips. (laughs) uh, So if you have a bad day, like maybe you said something that you regret or uh, I don't know, you, you went and did a show and it didn't quite go the right way. When you come home, what what is Celeste gonna do to turn her mood around is it like you know uh, food or music or something with your dogs or- well I, I think I got two hot tips
0: one two not hot being tips. mine one being from my dad and then and then mine um there was a time November 2016 um I had a bunch of auditions I was on a, a veil for seven com no, four commercials and pinned for three TV shows. Wow. And within one week I lost them all. And um not one came through. And I that was the only year I, I did not make insurance. Um it was a tough year acting-wise. And um I remember talking to my dad, probably crying, uh, which I don't do a lot, but mm-hmm. this really kind of made me question, like, what am I doing? What the hell am I doing? I feel like I'm walking through sludge. Maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm far away from family. Uh, trying to pursue what at this point, I have no idea. And my, and I just, the only way I could describe it was walking through sludge. And my dad said, go get yourself a pair of higher boots and continue walking.
1: Hmm. And
0: I did. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm glad that I, I got that higher pair of boots and kept walking through that sludge because sooner or later it kind of dries out and and you're now walking on a nice path. Um,
2: That's a great metaphor. Yeah. That's that's awesome because it's like, yeah, you obviously you really love what you do. And Mm -hmm. there is a lot of sludge. There's a lot of (laughs) sludge. that Actors have to walk through to get. To wherever it is they want to go. Yeah, Sometimes it's, you don't even know
1: right.
0: what the path is.
2: You don't know where you're going to end
0: up. Exactly right. You, you just right. gotta keep cruising. Um, for me, if I have a, a weird bad day um, or something like that, and and luckily, like I, I don't have many, but I do get stressed out. And you never know what a day is going to bring, or like I might like completely bomb an audition <laughs> or something like that. Which I'll, I, I have that actor brain. I'll still kind of like think about. But what I do is I come home and I do laundry.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I do dishes. I vacuum. I clean. I'll turn on a Lifetime movie. (laughs) I will um, mentally, um, well, I'll physically clean my my living space. And that helps me mentally clean my living space.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Because it's the the physical action when you're doing that manual labor, you can't really think about other stuff. You just kind of well, Let and, it and also, it's a tiny goal. It's like, oh, I
0: accomplished this. I accomplished um, dusting. I feel good. You know
2: what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. My so my fiance, Randy, he's always making fun of me and t- calling me a Monica because I just get so much joy out of seeing a clean kitchen. Yes. Like I, when I walk into the room and I see that the countertops have been wiped down and everything's shiny, everything's yep. put away, there is just a, a deep sense of inner peace yeah. <laughs> that I get, and I think that's okay. You know, uh, we are different. He's he's a messy person. He's comforted by piles of things, and I am I am discomforted. <laughs> so it's been interesting well what i did uh actually when we moved in together and i learned this idea from when i read michelle obama's book because apparently barack is also very messy okay when he when she met him he was uh oh she's a chicago boy but he was living in like a studio apartment with just like a mattress on the floor and books everywhere Mm -hmm. and just a mess like a mad professor you know (laughs) just papers and books everywhere. And so now whenever, wherever they live, every house they live in, he has a room that's called the hole and it's a room that's like a study that has a door on it and he can be as messy as he wants and he can do whatever he wants in that room. And so I stole that idea. I was like, okay, so when we move in together, you get this one room (laughs) and you can completely cover it in trash, whatever you want. I like, Unless I don't know, I guess my only real rule that I've given him: like, listen, you can't leave like food out. That's kind of gross because right. we don't want to attract fruit flies. But you know, whatever weird piles of things you want to have, I have no say in that. I will never tell you to clean that room. <laughs> but the rest of the house, the rest of the house, <laughs> we have a certain standard of living that needs oh, that to be
1: good. Like relationship.
2: It's a compromise. I don't it's know. A compromise. Exactly because, right. Because I think what I've learned at least in my uh, adventures and dating, is it like, whoever you meet on day one, like, that's who they are. Yeah, yeah. And there are certain things that people can change if they want to change. But in general, people's character, like believe but what is that saying like when someone shows you who they are believe them the first time like yeah 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 because yeah. I, I used to spend a lot of time trying to change people and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a nurturing person so I'm trying to fix people things like right. that and I don't do that anymore you know,
0: I, I used to do that too. And then, um, I got so exhausted and tired from it and none of my like relationships when I would try attempt to do that work. And so it's like, okay. So I think it was like my mid thirties where I'm like, Oh, you know what? This feels good to remember and to acknowledge we have no control yeah, <laughs> only of ourselves. And so that to me has freed up so much, just letting that go and being like, you know what? they're perfectly capable in taking care of themselves. They they don't need me unless, I mean, I'm here if they happen to need me, but that ain't my issue. So I'm, I'm going to do what I need to do on Celeste and let them do what they need to do on, on them, you know, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. freeze it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I was gonna ask you earlier when you were talking about anxiety stuff, do you have anxiety uh, surrounding performing at all? Or do you find it to be an outlet? I definitely find it to be an outlet. I used to get very, very nervous.
0: Um, and so I took a, cl- a, a class a, a few years ago acting for the camera and that completely changed that gig. But no, I, um, I, I try to prepare as much as I can. Um, so I'm confident in the reading, I will. Work the material. Um, every piece of material, no matter how short or how long, I will work um, so I can feel good about about it. And then I don't. I don't have those nerves. The only time I, I might feel a little anxious or um, nerves is if I'm not prepared, which you know I I have also been in that uh, situation. <laughs> but,
2: but then that's logical. At least you can say, well, I did this to myself. I didn't r- yeah, memorize yeah. my lines, or I didn't right. do my homework. Yeah. Of course, but, you're going to feel yeah. nervous. That's true. Yeah, I, I,
0: I don't get much um, performance anxiety anymore now. Cause, cause it's, it's to me, it is. It's therapeutic. It's fun. It's it's a joy. I'm still stretching those muscles, you know, of of acting and and improvising and all that good
1: stuff. So yeah.
2: So if there was a young actor who was first starting out, I feel like the main piece of advice we would say for performance anxiety is like, hey, just did you do all your work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because honestly that's the biggest thing if, if
0: if you you think that you can go on the fly I mean and I'm not talking about an improv show I'm talking about like well I mean obviously there's a lot of training to go in to have a good improv show but yes. um but as far as like an audition um usually if they're like I don't know looking for other reasons to blame um I I will ask how did you prepare for this you know, what What type of work did you go into doing this? Or was it something where you just opened up the sides, you know, the morning before and, and went with it? Because that's not, that's just not gonna work. So mm-hmm. for some people it might, <laughs> but but not for me anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah. Have you been performing your whole life? Was it something you did when you were a kid? No, um, no but, but I did, you know, with my
0: brother, I mean, we grew up playing and writing plays and, and all that, having radio shows, you know, uh, all this stuff, imagination fueled my my childhood.
2: Cute. But it wasn't until
0: I moved to Chicago when I started performing.
2: Okay. So you moved to Chicago um, for school? I,
0: I went to school in Iowa and then um, worked in higher ed for a couple of years. After that, I knew I was not living my life right I drove home, told my mom and dad that I'm going to move to Chicago. They're, they said, you're going to need a job. <laughs> <laughs> yep. okay, I luckily got a job um, in higher ed at Columbia College in Chicago. So that allowed me to move there. And But they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, make people laugh. They're like, okay, well, get a job. You need insurance, the type of thing. So um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I worked my worked my ass off in Chicago. I was tripling up on classes, I, I watched shows every night. Um it was a semi religion to me in a in a weird way to put it, but I, I dedicated I surrendered myself to the art form.
2: Yeah, comedy was your religion. It
0: was and yeah. and um you know, I was hoping that if I put enough work in, and hours uh, it will, and I surrender myself to it. It will eventually surrender itself back to me. And which I think is, you know, is happening, um, right now. So it's a nice relationship with, with the art, mm-hmm. with, with work. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And I think that surrender is such a, a lovely word because that's kind of just letting go of control and just allowing yeah. what needs to happen instead of trying to force, your idea of what the thing is, because you do, in order to learn something, you have to surrender to the fact that you don't know like when you're a beginner.
0: There's a great quote um, by a German artist. <clears throat> I'm not going to remember his name. I will send it to you once I sure. find
2: it. Sure.
0: Uh, this, this quote hit me so hard um, where he was a painter and he would say, you know, I'd go in to this canvas with a preconceived notion on knowing exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And then he'd start to do things and paint. And then it started to not do what he was preconceived. So he tried to force it into this. And eventually the, what he realized was the painting was fighting for its life. Mm. So to be what it's supposed to be. So stop forcing these preconceived notions because it always ultimately isn't going to be what we thought it, it should be or was supposed to be uh, rather it it has a life of its own and is just breathing now free with with us at the wheel so mm. I think it was such a cool saying it, it stuck with me
2: yeah that is beautiful because I, I do think as artists if, for me if I'm at my best self then I am channeling messages and stories that already that they, they exist. They're alive. They're things. I'm just here to, to uncover them and yeah. share them um, versus uh, it just inventing things out of thin air in my own yes. brain. Uh, yeah. That always feels like work yes. when, uh, when someone says like, okay, Katie, I need you to write a story about i Z. I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> you know, versus just uh, kind of listening to what uh I don't know not to get too woo-woo but listening to the universe or (laughs) letting letting the art of the characters say what they need to say instead of uh trying to put your own yeah I love that
0: yeah being a vehicle I love
1: it
2: yeah and and I think that obviously that metaphor speaks to you because I mean you're you're an improv improviser and with improv I mean you can't go in with any preconceived yeah. notions. You have to know, obviously, yeah. oh, we've got the rules of the game. Like we have to know who, what, where, how. Yeah. But other yeah. than that...
0: Yeah, you have to listen because you're. it's not a stand-up show. You're with like, you know, sometimes eight other people, three other people, one other person, and we don't know what they're about to say. So it's kind of, it's such a great platform for allowing whatever to happen, happen. And it's all... In in my mind, I I feel improv is ninety five percent of listening to your partner and mm-hmm. responding.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being here. It was exciting to listen to you today. Oh, thank you, Katie. This is uh, so fun. Your joy. Oh, thank you. And um, are there any? Um, uh, what was I was going to say. Oh, your show is coming out August twenty second, season uh-huh. two. So people still have time to binge season one as they should be uh and any other last words of wisdom or anything you want to share with the the sunnies as I like to call them
0: (laughs) (laughs) no I just I just really appreciate your time and this is such a beautiful podcast and and just to you know um know thyself and and love thyself and and uh because you know, every single person is here for a reason. And I think,
2: uh, just be, just be you, just be free. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope that it made you feel a little bit less alone about whatever it is that you are going through right now if you want to learn more about celeste or anything that we talked about please go to cryingbehindpod.com for an episode guide to have details about everything uh, obviously we should all be tuning in to work in progress on showtime season two is coming out on august 22nd so you still have plenty of time to binge season one and I think that it is one of the funniest and most touching shows I've seen in a while. It uh, does not follow a formula at all, so definitely worth checking out. Uh, and if you want to learn more about me, of course you can follow me at KD Doll on all the things, and at Crying Behind Pod is where I post uh, inspirational quotes from the guests or little video clips, things like that. You know, and. Don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button on your podcast app and leave us a review. It really helps to spread the word and get more people involved with what I'm doing here, which is just destigmatizing these conversations about mental health. Like, we should not be embarrassed to tell people that we're depressed, we should not feel ashamed to ask for help. And, also uh, i just wanted to say i know i was planning to put out a patreon and i still have that in the works but i i gotta be honest with y'all i went to mexico for my birthday and then i got sick as soon as i came back home (laughs) and also uh life just kind of knocked me on my ass i had a bunch of files on a memory card that got completely erased uh and those files were meant to be for the patreon so and i was just like you know what between everything else i have going on in my life right now i think that the universe is trying to tell me right now is not the time and for me i am all about putting out quality work i am not going to put out something if it is not ready or it is not up to my standards so for now stay tuned and If you have any other ideas for things that you want on this patreon it's going to be like members only cool kids club it's gonna have full videos of the episodes it'll have um, monthly calls with guided meditations journal prompts and just a, a more private community where we can all talk to each other there'll be merch but You know, if you have any ideas of anything else you want, uh, feel free to email me at cryingbehindpod at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, until next time, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny.